is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. The fight against anti-Semitism and hate is not only a battle for the present, but also for the future, for the hearts and minds of our youth. A very troubling new report from ADL and the Tony Blair Institute shows that we have much to worry about when it comes to textbooks in the Middle East. Here to explain the findings is my ADL colleague, David Weinberg, ADL's Washington-based Director of International Affairs. Welcome, David, to From the Frontlines. Thank you, Scott, and hi, everybody. So let's get to the punchline, and then we can maybe unpack it a little bit. What, what were some of the key issues that this report uncovered on anti-Semitism in textbooks in the Middle East? This report was part of a a series of reports that the Tony Blair Institute for Global Change put out marking the 20th anniversary of 9-11, looking at what are the best recommendations for policymakers and civil society. And what we looked at in particular was peace and tolerance education in textbooks in the Arab world, looking at sort of what's been done and what needs to be done and fighting anti-Semitism, removing hateful content uh, was definitely one of the, the biggest elements of our findings there. Tell us some of the key findings, especially as it relates to anti-Semitism. If you go back to the 9-11 Commission report from 2004, for example, it was clear that um, educational content that that fights hate um, and teaches tolerance was going to be a a key part of overcoming violent extremism in the region. And we found that, well, some progress has been made in some regards, in some national textbooks, uh, there's still a lot of work that really needs to be done in a lot of different areas, both geographically and substantively. And tell us about um, what countries you're, you're most concerned about. So we looked at curricula uh, from over a dozen countries in the region, uh, and we found that there are some that are, are just truly deeply problematic and um, fundamentally harmful in, in what they teach. We found that particularly by the way, in a separate study with Iran's curriculum. Uh, but we also found it with curricula, for example, um, in Kuwait, uh, in um, the Palestinian Authority, um, Hezbollah-controlled textbooks in some Lebanese private schools, uh, but also serious issues in places like Syria, uh, Algeria, um, Qatar as well. Um, and there's, there's room for progress in other places, too. And this was not just about anti-Semitism. It was about all forms of hate. Tell us a little bit more about the scope of the uh, of the findings. An interesting case here is Saudi Arabia's textbooks, which um, still have problems in terms of, of teaching hate, not just toward Jewish people, uh, but also toward Shiite Muslims, also toward Christians, uh, also toward adherents of religions that are not monotheistic or, or people who don't believe in any religion. Um, but on the other hand, we also found that Saudi textbooks had made real improvements, if you would believe it, in those regards. So if you look at where the books were four or five years ago, they actually are getting less problematic and even introducing some positive content, something that we hope will, will accelerate in future years. Give us a, an example. Uh, you just mentioned uh, a sort of an example of uh, hate against um, other groups, but maybe give us an example of anti-Semitism that you might encounter. We found in, in Jordan's government-published textbook that Jews as a whole are inherently treacherous. And we actually found similar disturbing language in textbooks from Qatar, in textbooks from Egypt, and in textbooks from Kuwait, 
The positive news is that two of those four governments, the Jordanian and Qatari ones, appear to have removed those books, uh, or rather those particular lines, uh, in their school books this year, but, but still have room to, to improve in some other books as well. So the report was not only damning, it was also constructive. It, it offered clear recommendations for remedying the situation. Uh, how, how does one fix the problem of hate being taught to students in the Middle East? Education is really fascinating because it can both be a, a source of problems if it's teaching hatred, but it can also be a source of positive educational content and, and even a barrier toward violent extremism if what a student is learning in school gives them information, gives them values, to resist intolerant content if they encounter it in, in other areas of social life. So some of the areas that we were recommending positive steps uh, in future years was really both pointing to positive things that are already being introduced in some curricula in the region uh, and saying those can be models to be emulated, and then just more broadly calling for an expansion of content in terms of language about peace, in, t- in terms of language about dialogue, difference about the other, uh, better education about world religions, as well as about um, dialogue and cooperation across uh, cultures as well. You mentioned before a a couple of achievements. So this report was Mm -hmm. not just about problems, not just about hate or anti-Semitism. It was about strides that have been made. Um, So, you know, I also want to lift up the this fact uh tell us some of the good news for the from the past 20 years since 9-11 sure what's moving in the right direction the best thing region-wide is that there really is a lot of of um attention given to to tolerance as a principle that everybody should live up to and so now the challenge is really putting meat on the bones of what does that look like in practice in a way that can be really effective. And in two places where we're seeing some really cool examples are uh, Morocco and the United Arab Emirates. So in the UAE, they've added a lot of really good content, specifically looking at particular Quranic verses, for example, and using scripture to say, and therefore this is why we believe it is important to not just accept people of other faiths, but even build relationships of love and tolerance toward Christians, Jews, Shiites, and others. And in Morocco, we're actually seeing this year the, the expanded introduction of content in elementary school textbooks. Um, really, over 100 pages of content about Moroccan Jewish culture, um, history, heritage as part of Moroccan identity as a whole, really building social cohesion through recognizing minorities and their, and their cultural heritage. So those are some really cool trends that we hope to see in some other places as well going forward. So maybe let's look even further ahead. And uh, and in your answer to this, I'd like you to take into account the Abraham Accords. Do you see things changing yeah. in the future as a result of that? Some of the interesting things we're seeing in the region today is that those places where there are countries at peace with Israel, seeking people-to-people relationships, are also creating a bit of a more open door than we've ever seen before um, towards really strong civil society and government partnerships cooperative efforts um, to basically stand up against anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, Holocaust denial, all forms of extremism and bigotry uh, in ways that really haven't been historically possible in the region until now. I know that we only touched the tip of the iceberg in terms of the findings and recommendations in this report. Uh, If the listeners want to delve more deeply, how can they read the report? It's on uh, ADL's webpage. 
it be URLs a little bit long, uh, but uh, I think it may be um, something that um, they can find very easily by looking on our site or even just Googling the title of the report, which is Peace and Tolerance Education in the Arab World Two Decades After 9-11. Great. And I will put a link to the report in the show notes when I podcast it, so it'll be very easy uh, for all to access it. One last question briefly. What is your story? How does David Weinberg come to co-author such a report about the Middle East? I was a, a freshman in, in college um, when 9-11 happened. Um, it obviously was an event that, that impacted so many lives. Um, in a very small way, it, it shaped the, the course of what I decided to study, looking at Middle Eastern studies issues and starting to study Arabic uh, over the years. Um, a couple of years ago, 2017, uh, pardon me, 2018, um, when I was hired at ADL, one of the first projects we decided to do was to do a study of Saudi state textbooks. We have a report, a monograph on our website on that topic. Um, and we had found that basically the vast majority of groups that had that were targeted with intolerant content in Saudi textbooks were still targeted 16, 17 years after 9-11, even when the Saudi government said that they had been making changes. But the positive thing is that we've actually seen through year-on-year follow-up on these issues with writing, with noting what pages the problematic content is on, why it's problematic, why it should be changed, um, that that's an instance where we've actually seen positive change as a result of our engagement. And I'm actually proud to say the vast majority of problematic passages we cited in that report have now been removed. So hopefully it's a, a hopeful example for the future. Uh, David, you are clearly the right person to be carrying out this very critical work and and making uh, really great strides. Thanks for all that you're doing and for coming on today's show to describe this important, albeit uh, upsetting, report. Thank you and everyone who's listening. Uh, And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners from me as well who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Uh, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines.